Hello and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Ashley Iden, principal at Valmos Ventures. Valmos Ventures is a venture capital firm that not only makes investments in various areas, including fintech, but has taken a keen eye towards increasing diversity within their founder set. And with that, here's my interview with Ashley. Ashley, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the chat. Excellent. So Ashley Iden, principal of Valmos Ventures, tell us about Valmos Ventures. Valmos Ventures was founded in 2021, formally. That's when we closed the fund. We're a $50 million fund. The thesis is that the next tech era is going to be shaped by diverse experience, that the current VC ecosystem is overlooking diverse talent, and that you know the team at Valmos Ventures has access and insight to these needs and sort of this lack of diversity because we're all Latinx, diverse, and our former operators and builders and, and strategists and investors. We are uh, mostly an early stage fund. So we're doing about anywhere between 30 and 40 out of this fund, early stage investments. That means pre-seed to series A. And then we do have a later stage allocation uh, into later rounds. And the thought there is that hopefully these founders are nearing the exit opportunity and whatever that means, whether it's IPO or acquisition, will come into wealth, right? And sort of more innovation. And then funnel that back into the communities that we really care about. And so there's this really interesting sort of wealth generation thesis as it relates to sort of what impact means to us. So we not only invest in Latinx and diverse founding teams, we also focus on impact-oriented companies, right? So I mentioned diversity, but it also means equity, community, product, and environment. On the equity front, it's about wealth, agency created for founders, teams, and communities, and access to funding and growth that facilitates social mobility. On the community front, it's creating a diverse pipeline of angel investors, of VC investors, of role models for future generations. On the product side, we look for products and platforms that empower, you know, often overlooked and underserved and under-resourced people and communities. On the environment side, it's striving to create meaningful impact with sustainable solutions for a cleaner and better world. And so that's a lot of what I threw at you and what Vamos Venture is. But at the core, I think it's sort of diversity and impact. Okay. And we'll come back to both of those. So tell me about the history of Vamos and how it came to be. So this was sort of the brainchild of of Marcos Gonzalez, who's the founder and and managing partner. And at the time, this was back in probably 2016, 2017, when we first started thinking about Vamos Ventures and talking to people. There weren't that many Latino, Latinx-focused funds out there, right, Uh, that talked about this opportunity. And so I think it was through lived experience of, you know, him being sort of from a Mexican-American family, immigrant first-gen And so some of the challenges that he saw growing up and on his own entrepreneurial journey that were so unique, right, to his upbringing and his background. It was sort of the same thing for me. You know, I'm Puerto Rican and Turkish, first-gen college student. My dad immigrated to this country. I probably have some experiences that some other folks don't, don't have because of that, right? Everything from like, where do I go to college? And how do I even get into college? To like taking my first job, a lot of these influences. And just keeping that lived experience in mind and thinking, well, we're not the only ones, right? 60% of uh, population growth is going to be fueled by the Latinx demographic, right? In the coming years, the Latinx demographic, youngest demographic out there, I think the average age is, is 28 in the United States. We could have been just another early stage VC, but the world is changing fast is what we're seeing. And it's increasingly marked by Latinx and diverse entrepreneurial influence. And this population is growing. And it's not just that 
you have to work at mom and dad's the store, convenience store. It's that we're going to college now and we're starting to discover all these really interesting tech-oriented roles and a path to entrepreneurship and building a company. And so now we're thinking about, well, let's go build, you know, behemoth businesses, right? Versus traditionally what the career opportunities were. And so that was sort of how this all came to be and why we think there's an opportunity here. Excellent. So we'll dive into the diversity aspects and some of the stuff you talked about there and the surge statistics around what it's like to try to raise money when you're in those communities, which are just it's frightening. But we'll get to that shortly. But let's talk about first and foremost, the investment thesis, and we'll come back to that other stuff. First, uh, so basically, you you know, you do focus heavily on sustain- sustainability, uh, future work, well, health and wellness, and fintech. So why, again, being the fintech-focused show, talk to me about where fintech fits into that overall purpose. Sure. There's a few different things we look at in, in fintech, but I think the overall theme is empowerment and, and education. And so, you know, you can point to statistics, for example, like Latinx businesses have the lowest rate of loan use. I think it's you know 12% versus 17% um, compared to white businesses. Latinx traditionally have limited access to financial literacy materials, right? There's a lot of unbanked and underbanked individuals in the Latinx community for a variety of reasons. And so we, we take a look at this connection and we apply it to sort of a fintech arena where there's increased digital wallet adoption. There's a demand for more financial education and literacy. And so when we look at the subsectors in fintech and what's most interesting in that connection, it's things like alternative business lending, new payment structures, platforms that focus on wealth generation and wealth building and access and, and education. So that's the larger fintech thesis. And you mentioned health and wellness, future of work and sustainability. Happy to go into those, but I think the Quick and dirty there on the health and wellness is affordability and access, right? We talk about things like not having to worry about huge payments when you have a chronic condition and you need to just get basic care. It's talking about sort of mental health and aging and how do we make people comfortable with health experiences. In future of work, it's thinking about the creator economy, the gig economy, upskilling and job placement and putting folks into the right careers where they could build wealth. And on sustainability, a lot of Latinx and Black families live near Superfund sites, right? And so how do we solve issues like that with technology? Excellent. So it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, financial empowerment is basically empowerment of communities. I mean, and actually, let's just let's just go right into the statistics around this, because this is this is terrible. The stats on women led funds or or basically immigrant led funds or just people of color, uh, sorry, led, led investments is, is just a abysmal, is it not? Anything you can share with us on this? Yes, it's wild and it's 2023, right? And to this day, I look at the stats of less than 3% of funding going to diverse entrepreneurs, whether it's a woman, Black, Latino, any underserved, overlooked founder category or demo. You know, I think that's why funds like Vamos Ventures are here. It's because we see opportunity. We see that the majority of the VC industry, unfortunately, isn't paying attention to these opportunities. And a lot of great businesses have been built by folks from these backgrounds and experiences. And that diversity just informs different work experience, different lived experience, diversity in age, you know, diversity in work background. All diversity is important to us. And that'll inform, you know, based on experience, really great builds of technology. So for example, we have, you mentioned focus on fintech. We have a company in our portfolio, Sumo Wealth. Sumo Wealth is a leading financial technology company devoted to increasing prosperity, opportunity, just wealth and um, money knowledge, right? In the Latino community. That is a very young demographic, as we have described. It is one of the only fintechs that is led by an all Latina team with experience Mm. across media, financial services, building companies, 
And, you know, this is a company that is well on its way that, you know, not a lot of people know about, but should know about, right? Because they're on such a great mission and they're growing exponentially and their monthly reach and engagement is is through the roof. And that's because all of these women, again, come from that lived experience. And I think if you don't have investors on the other side, they're like, wait, they have this lived experience. They get it. That's sort of their unique value prop and insight to build this thing. You know, how else are we going to get these companies funded? So hopefully Vamos Ventures is is contributing in, in some meaningful way to more of these companies getting funded on how to solve this problem. <laughs> Listen, my, my take is a bunch of different things. I think there needs to be education early on as to what these careers are, whether it's building, operating, or investing, and that we need diversity in, in these spaces and different experiences. I also think that particularly on the capital allocator side, like we just need folks who look different to have that understanding, that empathy mm-hmm. to, for these founders to make these decisions and being key decision-maker roles. Because listen, it's great that we have an influx of junior investor folks and hopefully they grow into like, right, the, the people who make the decisions whether to invest or not. But we also need a lot more people up top who are partners at these funds who are going to have the final say. Agreed. I mean, and statistics around I mean, women-led ones in particular, I don't have as much on, on people of color or any or any kind of ethnic background, but I mean, 3% in general, as we said, is, is like, it's one thing to not be a fully representative sample of, of the of the world, right? You know, if we can say, oh, you know, if the ideal is 50-50, let's just say that's the case. And basically we're at 43%, almost shrug your shoulders, like we're almost a parity. 3%, something's fundamentally broken. And some of the crazier studies I've seen are ones where like women who basically raise from women-led funds actually have a harder time raising from larger funds later on because it's almost as like, oh, you have to go to them to get it done. And then meanwhile, meanwhile, the number of, and the funny, the funny, interesting statistic is that uh, women-led teams tend to, or or VC-backed companies tend to perform male-led ones. But I'd like to say that's not an inherent advantage. It's a survivorship bias. They have to be that good to raise it. And I've, I made at least my joke of I looked forward to the day where everybody fails equally because that's when we that's when we've had access to capital for everybody equally, which is exactly what we're trying to lead to. Now you raise an interesting point about these people having their exits or whatever it is, and then being able to reinvest back in their communities. I mean, this is a known known phenomenon. The PayPal mafia being the, you know the biggest example of this, but this happens all the time. It's we get cashed out, great, I can make all these other venture capital investments, start other businesses. And typically they are still within the framing of my world understanding, not necessarily someone else's. So I think you're absolutely right. That kind of, that can kind of a snowball effect to kind of try to trade to change that. So are you providing opportunities for people who are potentially having those exits already? Like, how are you engaging with them? Yeah, we're engaging with them in, in a multitude of, of different ways. We have um, a venture partner program, so they could sign up to be a venture partner or come on as a venture partner and help advise these companies through, I don't know, things like, or on topics like go-to-market strategy or how to fundraise or what do I do when I are later am a later stage company and, and need to scale up fast, right? To hit some of these milestones. So that's one way. Another way is we're building sort of outside of the venture partnership, an advisor stack of deep functional experts in health and wellness and sustainability and future of work in fintech that either have had exits or have been in executive positions that want to pay it forward and want to help the founders and communities that we care about with their connectivity on, again, things like go-to-market, on things like partnerships, business development, strategic financing, and whatnot. And hopefully, I mean, Vamos Ventures is still a very young fund, right? We're only in our fund one. Hopefully, we will have those several exits that then they come back and they invest in the fund or invest as angel investors in some of the founders that we really care about and that we have conviction in. 
And, you know, you made an interesting point on the survivorship bias, right? And just general survivorship. I feel like that's, to me, it's it's apparent that most of these founders, because they've had to survive throughout their lives and, you know, doing whatever it takes to survive, that they will do whatever it takes to win. Hopefully not bad stuff, but all the good stuff that it takes to win and grow. Well, I think we've seen that people of privilege who come into who come into VCs end up basically not necessarily staying on the right side of the law either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that you can't you can't you know, make that judgment. But you're absolutely right. It's, well, I will take someone with hustle and 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 hunger over someone who basically thinks it's going to be handed to them every, any day of the week. Sure, sure. And so, you know, that that's sort of top of mind for us. And that's how we're incorporating some of these folks that are very successful who have had exits who just want to give back into the world of Amos Ventures. You know, we often say that, listen, we're not just capital, but we're a family as well, right? We're a family of introductions of people who really care about this mission. And going back to sort of some of the, the VC stats and, you know, who runs VCs and who gets funded... I think there's a lot of weight that should be placed on LPs too. I mean, we have so many wonderful limited partners who invested in Vamos Ventures, who believe in the mission, who allow us, right? Who give us the capital to invest in these companies and to follow our mission and thesis in that they do believe as well that there's a big economic opportunity there. And I think the more LP capital that you have that believes in these missions that gives emerging managers a chance, the better the VC landscape is and the startup landscape. Absolutely. So let's go back to your kind of impact focus and talk about basically what where that comes from. Is it, I mean, is it, it seems like you're tied to larger social causes in general with this, but is that, do you see them as all as interconnected or separate issues that you're trying to address? I think they're all interconnected. I think on the equity piece and the inclusion piece, I think if we think about things like, for example, sustainability, it, it is with equity and inclusion in mind. It's, you know, going back to those families living next to the Superfund sites that don't have access, that need the technologies that we're investing in, right? To ease some of the environmental factors that then damage their health. So I think all of this is, is very interconnected. And, and the way that we think about it at Vamos Ventures when we look at a company is sometimes either or, but ideally both in that, is this a diverse founding team? And again, diverse, diversity means a bunch of different things to us, but also like, is the product platform, what have you, impactful in the way that it's going to change the landscape that it's playing in for the better, for the good? So to answer your question, absolutely. Interconnectivity is, is everything to us and hopefully it's all moving in the right positive direction. Excellent. So, and then you mentioned community a lot too. Is that is that basically around trying to create a community of these founders to basically support each other? Like where, what, what angle are you looking at? Yeah. You know, Vamos Ventures to me is just, community is like the number one word here. And that means that, listen, we had our first founder summit last year. It was the first time we brought portfolio companies together. I think there were about 30 founders in the room. All well, there was a reason why you didn't do it in the previous two years, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we were still building. Well, that and COVID, um, but you know, whatever. And COVID, building and COVID, absolutely. Yeah. But luckily, you know, we had this opportunity, again, with the help of our amazing LPs and partners to bring all these founders together in the room. And it was the first time, I, I, I remember this quote from one of our founders saying it was the first time in, I guess, the history of him being a, a founder that it was that many diverse and Latino identifying founders in the room that they could be real with each other, that they mm -hmm. could share that the founding journey isn't just this glamorous thing, but it's also like 
caring about an aging parent and building a company at the same time. It's about like, what do I do when I come into sort of generational, right? Like our self-made wealth. How do I manage all these different like cultural nuances? How do I even explain to my mom, like what being a founder is, right? And so it was so truthful, so real, so raw, these conversations at our founder summit. So that's what building community is to us. And then we have a bunch of work to do. And we have done a lot of this in the different cities, for example, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, the Bay Area, Houston, Austin, all of these communities that really care about us, that have hubs of entrepreneurs that identify that are just looking to meet each other. I mean, I hosted an event in New York six months ago where all these Latino founders said, we don't know each other. Like, why don't we know each other? Why aren't we talking to each other? Why aren't we building together? And so that's what we mean by community at Vamos Ventures. It's bringing us together, mutual interests, mutual missions to hopefully like build together, support each other, learn from each other. Excellent. So Vamos has only been around for a short period of time. What are you, let's talk about your aspirations for it. So where do you see this going as time progresses? And what, like, what are you doing hopefully in the near future that you're not doing today that you want to want to accomplish? Yeah. We hope to scale this thing into a huge platform, not just a fun one, a fun two, fun three, fun four, fun five. I see Vamos Ventures, hopefully, you know, having specific investment vehicles and focuses of funds, like a woman's health fund, a fund focused on maybe just sustainability. We want to be playing in the same areas that an A16Z, Bessemer, Sequoia, all these big funds are playing in and, and sort of how they're structured. So I think that when I see Vamos Ventures 10 years from now, it's being a big behemoth of a platform that is still true to the mission and that we were early on this because no one else was paying attention to it. And it's stuff that we cared about for a very, very long time and, and lived through. So that's where I see it. And I, I hope to see as well a lot of change in the VC startup ecosystem and landscape where more women, more diverse folks or partners are in key decision-making capital allocator roles. The LP landscape changed a bit and diversified a bit and that emerging fund managers aren't so much emerging anymore that they're the standard, right? And that they have unique insight into investing and, and building funds. Excellent. All right. So before we wrap up, there's three questions I ask everybody to end the positive note. The first one is, if you had one wish for something you could change in your company, the industry as a whole, what would it be? I think this is predictable. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's giving people a shot that don't necessarily look like you, sound like you, that are sort of untraditional. I just, that's sort of my line of like giving people a shot. And I say that because a lot of people gave me a shot, right? I'm a girl from Staten Island, Turkish, Puerto Rican. Brown gave me a shot for undergrad. MIT gave me a shot for my MBA. Marcos gave me a shot for my venture career. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the opportunities between success and failure in life often come down to a couple of serendipitous choices made by others that give us opportunity where they could have just as easily turned away and done nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. So what not as predictable as I thought it was going to be, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought there's a couple of key areas right there. Um, The second question is, what's been the biggest challenge again, the company to where it is today? You know, I think sort of the operation side and just not having enough staff to build quickly is probably the most challenging part. I mean, listen, building a fund, first fund, second second time or whatever is a startup in and of itself, right? And we're still all figuring out the moving pieces and we're investing as we're going and we're solidifying our thesis constantly or up, updating it. And so I think it's just sort of the, the growing pains of that. It's being a fund, but a startup in and of itself of fixing operations, getting things right, testing, iterating. Hmm. 
People is the most popular answer to that. It's always it's always finding the right people and, and scaling. It's such a challenge. And then there is no easy path to that. And then the last question after you is what excites you about what it is you're working on and keeps on getting you up in the morning every day to fight the good fight on this? It's all the people that I meet. It's other investors, it's founders, it's stakeholders in the ecosystem that are excited about this stuff and what we're building and that are true believers. You know, I'm always so excited every time I go into a dinner or an event that have all these young investors, founders that are like, let's all change this landscape together. And so I'm really excited for the next generation and what that means for this you know, improvement of all these crazy stats in 2023. Hopefully in a few short years, we'll, we'll be at parity, right? With all of these game shakers, movers, and just people who think in more innovative, interesting ways. Well, fingers crossed. And yeah, I'd say go back to your, your premise on community because so much of that is important. You get the, you know, that kind of, that kind of attitude is definitely infectious. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate this. Thanks so much, Jason. So that was Ashley out of Novamos Ventures. If you are a Latinx person in the US looking to have your venture idea funded, then please take a look because I think this is definitely a community for you to definitely knock on the door of. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you your podcast. Until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.